Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's Mraz. The Nuggets take game one. Pete and DA almost come to blows over tanking. It's the best of the DA show now. Let's start with last night's game number one of the Western Conference Finals. Advantage Nuggets. Denver jumped out to a 21-point lead. Held on at the end, the Lakers cut it to just three. But at the end of game one, it's the Denver Nuggets taking game number one. It was an impressive performance yet again from Nikola Jokic, who throws down a triple-double. And the question becomes, is this going to be a short series for the Nuggets? It is where we begin. You're cold open. And here we go. Inbound goes to Jamal. Back over to Joker. Four seconds left for Denver. Jokic has it at the point. You got to shoot it. Does for three. Got it at the horn. Right over Anthony Davis. But Nicola was great. You know, 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists, two blocks. And as you mentioned, Harrison, his aggression, him driving the ball, dunking the ball in traffic. Um, and, and we always talk about an aggressive Nikola Jokic is a very effective Nikola Jokic. Three seconds left to go in Denver. There's the horn. Ball arena crowd to its feet. The Denver Nuggets take game number one of the Western Conference Finals. They're 1-0 and we have to come back with desperation um, going into game two. We have to play better. We have to rebound better. Um, I thought we did a good job of not turning the ball over. Um, that's one thing we've been very conscious about in the postseason. But we've been better in transition tonight. We wasn't that great in the first half. We cleaned it up in the second half. Um, so we need to be better at all facets of the game. I don't believe it. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. That was Nuggets Radio on the call. LeBron and Michael Malone, head coach of the Nuggets. So my big takeaways are this. This is not going to be a short series, despite as dominant as the Nuggets looked last night, building up to a 21-point lead. This is not going to be a short series because I believe that the Lakers found something late in this game in the third quarter into the fourth quarter they can take away and use moving forward. Now, the pros, the good for the Nuggets. Jokic is a monster. He is just a miserable matchup for anybody. And Jokic is putting his stamp right now on a postseason where you might just say, oh yeah, that's the year Jokic dominated. That's the Jokic year. You know, Moses Malone did this back in 1983 as a big who was good for a really long time, but had to cement his legacy as an all-timer with an incredible postseason run and unguardable, indefensible 
postseason run. We could be looking at that from Jokic, where really great big man, had won MVPs, but really wasn't in the all-time list until he won a championship at a dominant postseason. This could be that for Jokic. He was tremendous last night yet again. Also, I love the balance from the Nuggets scoring. Look at how they spread out the point scoring last night. Jokic had 34. Jamal Murray had 31. 21 points for Caldwell Pope. 15 for Michael Porter Jr. 12 for Aaron Gordon. Every starter had double-digit scoring. They also got 16 from Brown off the bench. So I liked all of that, and obviously I love the way that the Nuggets absolutely dominated the first half, building a huge lead at the break. What I didn't like from a Nuggets standpoint is Jokic only had three points of the fourth quarter. So he seemingly ran out of gas offensively when it came to crunch time. And the Nuggets allowed the big third quarter into the fourth quarter to allow the Lakers to get back in it. And they did not have the killer instinct to say, this is game one in our house. We're up 20, and we're not going to let you off the mat. They let the Lakers breathe and had to survive. Are the Nuggets going to survive? I am going to sound like a broken record throughout this series and perhaps the NBA Finals as well. I have doubted the Nuggets' ability to win a championship because I have doubted their ability to get defensive stops at critical junctures. And last night was another one of those where I know they pulled out a win, but come on, you're up 21 points at home against an elder statesman Lakers team. You need to keep your foot on the throat and not let them crawl back into it. They got all the way to within three. That can't happen. So once again, the things that I worry about with the Nuggets came to rear their ugly head last night. I will also say, though, advantage Nugs is that Anthony Davis came to play last night. He was incredible. AD had 40 points and 10 rebounds. 40 and 10. But the reason why the Nuggets were still able to win is that AD has to chase Jokic all over the place. Jokic's range is from when he walks into the gym, just in terms of playmaking. But he can take the the inbounds pass from underneath his own basket and thread a pass all the way down the floor for an open bucket the other way. His passing and his range, that rainbow three at the end of the third quarter, means that AD has to come away from the paint and make sure he's got at least some connection to Jokic. That opens up the interior. So AD came to play last night. we got to give him that. Oftentimes we criticize and question how often he's engaged. He was engaged last night. He wanted it. And yet the Nuggets were still able to win because Jokic was so good in the first three quarters of this game. Certainly an interesting chess match going into game number two, but no, I don't think this is a short series. I think the Lakers had something last night that they feel good about. 855-212-4CBS on Twitter, DA on CBS. Man, the Spurs have some type of horseshoe crammed right up the you-know-what. 
Is this one of the luckiest franchises that's ever roamed the face of the earth? The Spurs have won the NBA draft lottery three times. All three times they landed on a generational talent. 1987, David Robinson. Robinson was so dominant in college, Navy won NCAA tournament games. Navy. Can you even remember the last time Navy was in the tournament? David Robinson made Navy a March Madness team that could win games. Obviously went on to a Hall of Fame career and was one of the best big men of the 80s and 90s. In 1997, much like this year, except everybody knew Tim Duncan because he played college at Wake Forest. They won the NBA draft lottery. Rick Pitino was convinced the Celtics were going to win that lottery. Instead, it came up ping pong ball spurs, and Tim Duncan just so happened to be perhaps the most polished collegiate basketball star ever, the most well-rounded And by year two of Tim Duncan, they already started winning NBA championships. And now this year, the Spurs had equal footing odds last night with two other teams, the Rockets and the Pistons, to win the overall number one spot for, again, a generational talent that comes along once in a blue moon I think Adrian Wojnarowski oversold it a little bit by saying this could be the greatest prospect in the history of professional sports. That feels heavy. <laughs> that that feels hyperbolic. But, look, Wembeyama is the type of guy that has all of the boxes checked for today's modern NBA. He runs like a gazelle. He's seven feet tall. He's got incredible handle. He's got great shooting range. I mean, he does it all. Plus, he's played overseas, so he's played against pros already. He's a teenager, and yet he's gotten good experience, better than you can even get here in the States. So he's got everything. Plus, smart kid. I mean, you know, just you hear him speak last night, even though Windhorse's mic was out for him. I mean, Windhorse, how do you have, how do you have the most talked about prospect in, the NBA's recent history, and his mic's out. <laughs> you sent Wendy all the way to France for this interview, and the mic, his mic is out. Needed to send Cap with him. How how could it happen? When Horace's microphone worked, Wemby's didn't. Wendy's did, Wemby's didn't. But three times the Spurs win the lottery, and these are the three players. There's no Anthony Bennett in there. And how about the Pistons getting absolutely screwed royally? The Pistons were tied for the best odds to win the draft lottery because they had the worst record of the NBA. Worst record, worst team, the Pistons. They came up with the fifth pick. Could you imagine having the worst record of the league and by just sheer lottery dumb luck, you pick number five? That's absolutely atrocious. That's awful. We'll talk more about Wemby a little bit later on in the show, but man, I mean, the Spurs, 
What a freaking stroke of luck. I mean, they've been bad for like 10 minutes and they just got the most talked about prospect. Let's see, they won their last NBA Finals 2016. No, 2014, 2014. So it's been, what? Nine years. Nine years. But they've been playoff teams. Yeah, boo-hoo. They've been a playoff team because even after they they won that 2016 NBA championship, they still had Kawhi for a couple of years, and that was the end of the Tony Parker thing. And, And one of the best coaches for the last 30 years. Now, for Wembayama, he clearly is going to a spot where they've been very good with international talent. They were the ones that took a flyer on Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker, and those guys ended up as Hall of Famers. They've gone through many international prospects and scouts, and so they this is a great spot for, for Victor. But, yeah, I mean, oof, you look at your watch and you go, wow, the Spurs haven't even been that bad for very long, and now suddenly they got a guy that can walk in and immediately become a superstar? That's a- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Incredible. The biggest win in the NBA last night belonged to the Spurs. The draft lottery gifting them Victor Webinyama, just like it gave them David Robinson and Tim Duncan. The Pistons will pick uh, fifth. Yes, that's true, I believe. After having the worst record, making this the fifth straight time, the worst team did not get number one. The How many times? Five straight years. The team with the worst record hasn't gotten number one. Well, because, that, that means that, that process might be wrong. But it does, it does help dissuade tanking if you don't. Yeah, if you I never guess. get the top pick. <laughs> I, guess. I, I don't know. We just saw the Mavs tank for the tenth pick, so I don't know. It dissuades tanking completely. Right. Well, that's a little different. They tanked one game, and that was because it was a top ten protected pick. That's a little different. That they they want to avoid teams trying to lose the entire season. Well, but I can make an argument with the Mavs that is worse than you being terrible to yeah. try and pick the one of the best players possibly ever. Like, it would be okay if the Pistons didn't play games this year 
So they went over 82 to try and get Webb and Yama. You can make a case they should lose their pick for that because that was supposed to that was going to end up being the Knicks pick. No, see, I disagree. I I think tanking is okay. I said this when the Eagles tried to to lose that game against the Giants. Was that the Giants? No, no, the, Washington. Washington. Yeah. I think trying to lose is totally fine. Oh no, I'm okay with tanking in general too. But if you're going to be offended by tanking, I think what the Mavs did is more offensive than a team trying to be bad for an entire year to get a player like Webinyama. Hard for me to say because I'm okay with both versions of it. But one, you are asking your fans to spend money 41 dates, and you're losing every one of them versus one date. It should be no tanking. You got to be kidding me. There should be no tanking. You're a professional team. I'll tell you this, Pete. If I told you if the Jets went 1-16 this year, but I could guarantee you a Super Bowl in 2025, you would say, sign me up. But there's no guarantee. But if I told you there was. There's there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. But if I told you there was, you would sign up. And and these teams are are banking on those odds. I, you can't give up seasons. I just, I just, I, I don't but, get that. Okay, well, can you give up a game? No. So if the vice versa happened with the Knicks needing to lose to help protect their pick, you would have advocated if you were a Knicks fan, you better go try to win that game even yes. if it means nothing. Yes, you got to try to win that game. Just For if, no reason. You, just uh, part, you, you're, you're, you're asking fans to come into your building or or or, your, or buy your merchandise. Well, why are you gonna you gonna say, oh yeah, all of a sudden we're gonna go lose? Well, I think that the goal is always to win a championship, and whatever gets you to that championship. But that's not a guarantee. That's well, not a guarantee. Yeah, but winning that one game isn't a guarantee either. But but you your your goal is to go let out me, there. Let me and... ask you, Pete. Was it better for the Spurs this year? Wait, wait. Can I ask Pete a direct question? Sure. Were you happy when the Jets were nine tenths of the way to Trevor Lawrence and then won two random games and didn't get the number one pick and had Zach Wilson and now have to trade for Aaron Rodgers? Uh, of course, I would have loved to have the to have Trevor Lawrence. Okay, so but there, there they, it but is. They're supposed to, but you're supposed to your professional team is supposed to go out there and play, and play to win. But the players do, despite what the organization does, resting the players themselves well, try. So you're getting the honest. But effort. then why are we having a problem with tanking? Why are we having a problem with tanking? Why are we having a problem? Changing how the lottery is for tanking. Why, well, because why? there are organizations that, like the Spurs this year, was it better for the Spurs to try to win 38 games and be a 11 seed for the play-in or a 10 seed for the play-in, or was it better for them to lose 60 and get Victor Wembanyama, who's going to be a stud for 15 years? I but mean, I, it's clearly better for them to have done this. I think it's a bad message to the fans, and why, then you shouldn't take any tickets. You shouldn't let any fan come into the building because you're basically saying we're going to lose, but but buy our stuff anyway. I think it's a that's a disservice business wise to your to your fan I'll base. I'll tell you this: I saw a watch party video last night in San Antonio. Yeah, there's about a thousand people at this bar, and when the lottery pick comes up that they got number one, they explode, they pop champagne. Every fan there is thrilled. I mean, beyond thrilled. They are jumping up and down, screaming, hugging, crying, and they're popping champagne. You're going to tell me that those fans wanted, they would have preferred to see a 10 seed in the play-in game? They, they would have preferred to be in the playoffs. Stop but it. I will say Pete, this. I it. will say Pete, this. Pete, stop it. 
You think those thousand people that popped champagne last night would have rather well, been look, beaten by the Pelicans in the playing game? Stop it. There were a chance to, chance to win the title. Oh, come on, Pete. Stop it. Is it uh, stop it. That's the dumbest thing ever. That's not the dumbest thing ever. A thousand people last night got a generational talent that could have been LeBron, that could have been Tim Duncan. You're, you're telling me they would have preferred to have lost to the Pelicans in the playing game. They would prefer to be in the playoffs. I would prefer to be in the playoffs. <laughs> But they're coming off three straight years where they right. tried to actually Enjoy not tank. Tanking. Enjoy your tanking. Well, but they did. They, they did. You right. just saw they did. <laughs> a thousand people did. I don't know. I, I think it's a horrible way to, to be. But you might think it's that. It's a horrible way to be. But there's a thousand or multiple thousands of people. I mean, look, last night. If you, if end of the season, right, the season's over and, and you have a chance to get the pick, fine, you celebrate, of course. Well, that's what anything, but but to purposely tank your season in order to get a number one pick, I think it's a little out of line. But they also, the previous three years, they refused to go all in on a rebuild, and they won 32, 33, 34 games, didn't make the playoffs, and still took fan money and still took you know revenue. Now they actually have a plan to get better and get out of the doldrums. This is actually, this was a smart, exponentially smarter decision than being mediocre that was the, the, the criticism the last three years was you can't live in the middle like this. If you're not going to no be doubt. great, you have to be terrible so you can get great again. They were trying to not be terrible, realized that wasn't going to work, went terrible, and now they have Webb and Yama. Yeah, they nailed it. The worst thing you they, could they've be. They've been bad for mm-hmm. one year, and they nailed it. No, they've been bad for four. Right, but, but not now so they, But bad. now they got the one really bad year, and here yes. we are. The worst thing you could be is the Bengals with Andy Dalton year after year. The right. best thing you could be is the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Right. Okay, enjoy. <laughs> have fun. Have I fun just, with your tanking. Have fun with your seven foot five I, I, if unicorn. If I'm asking people to come to my come to my building and, and pay tickets, uh, and I'm, I'm tanking, I think that's a disservice to our fan base. Okay, but then you're defending the NBA by loading up the odds against the worst team. So the the, the Pistons had the worst record; they got the fifth pick. So you're saying the NBA's got it right? No, I think there should be a balance. There should be a balance on it. Like like the, the Detroit Pistons. We're horrible. I mean, but they shouldn't have the opportunity to tank every year and end up with the pick one, number one pick every year. There has to be some type of balance. All right, but this year, the NBA's guardrails against the worst team tanking for the number one pick for a generational talent worked. Yeah. I think, though, Pete just said something that I, that I could maybe get behind is somehow, like, capping your tanking. Like, you can't have back-to-back number one picks. Like, something to say, okay, you want to do this once – Okay, fine. But if it happens again, you can't have a top three pick. Like, yeah, I, think a, like I think on the back end, there's a way to stop team, like to force teams to be good faster than they want to. Right. But otherwise, you should be allowed to take a one year flyer, especially on a player like this. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs just set themselves up for a decade of success again. Right. Unless we're all wrong about this guy, they just got. Even if we are wrong, it would be better than being. Let's just even say the 12th seed, the right. Wizards. Right. Is better. It's better to have this guy, potentially. Yeah. I, I mean, I would rather have the number one pick than have watched my team get swept by the Sixers in the first round, like they did. Like the Nets did. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I would have rather been a Spurs fan last night than a Net fan a month ago. And would you have rather been a Spurs fan all season, though, with 20 wins? Well, yeah, and just to quickly debate Pete's point back, just don't buy the tickets for the years that they're right. bad. Part of the perks of buying season tickets is to have access to playoff tickets. If you know you're going to be bad, then why are you worried about having the access to playoff tickets? They have That's their financial decisions to eat the loss in ticket revenue. I'll be back when you get the number one overall pick. 
And sure. I don't think any of those teams complained about bad attendance. I don't think any of them stomped their feet like, where are you guys? Like, they knew what they were, they said what they were doing. Their fans knew what they were doing. If they didn't come to games, I don't remember anybody complaining about that. They yeah. they knew what the deal was on both ends. Yeah. Uh, we agree to disagree. I just, I'm not a fan of giving up long, uh, uh, you have to have a long-term plan, but I'm not a fan of giving up short-term planning that, of, of a team. You, I think you go into every year wanting to win. And, and and when you're saying, hey, we're not going to win this year, I, I think it's it's not the way to play the game. All right. Fair enough. All right. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday morning. Check us out on your apps on your phone. Yeah, you can stream us for free. Use the free Odyssey app. If you use the free Odyssey app, you can not only stream CBS Sports Radio for free, but any Odyssey Sports Radio station across America. Plus, all of our podcasts are inside that app as well. So the best of the show, the full four hours. New York Accent also available inside the free Odyssey app. This week's guest is Tommy John, who obviously had the surgery that changed sports and certainly changed baseball. Got to speak to him about the historical pioneering medical marvel that was Tommy John. Did you realize that? I didn't realize this. Tommy John pitched for 11 seasons. Between 63 and 73. Then he was injured. So at that point, I said, okay, you had to have ligament replacement surgery, basically, in your elbow. It had never been done at a baseball player in 1974. Did you think about retiring? You already had a 10-year baseball career, and nobody had ever come back from this. He said, no. Now, this is just a, this is just a tough-ass old codger. He's about 80 years old now. He goes, if I would have had to throw the ball underhanded, I would have. They weren't going to take me off wow. of the, the mound. So I said, that's amazing. So he gets the surgery done in 74. He sits out all 75. Comes back at 76. He pitches after Tommy John surgery, after 11 years in baseball already, until 1989. He pitched at 46 years old oh with a restructured elbow with a different tendon. I mean, it's just, he he truly was a medical marvel. So, I mean, talk about a tough ass. This guy had t- the first Tommy John surgery ever, obviously, and pitched 13 years after it at the age of 33. <laughs> That's insane. Insane. It always surprises me that... Tommy John could have a surgery named Tommy John surgery. Kind of perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Sure. It's not funny. Some defense of Petey here about the whole tanking thing we were talking about. Just some guy says there's at least 1,000 people that are actually with Pete too. These players are paid to win. The rules are made so the actual worst team gets the best chance Losing on purpose is cheating. It's worse than what Pete Rose did. And he's not just some guy to me. Great That's job. a hot take. <laughs> worse than Pete Rose. I mean, let's relax a little bit. Sam Hinkie thrown out of the league. Your, Throw him out. Your job as an organization is to reward your fans with a championship. If that means thanking, you do that. Right. And again, as Sean said, they don't lose the game on purpose. They don't have the best roster. The organization's trying to put out a roster that when would the, lose. Right, but when the game starts, yeah. they try to win. And like, as Pete said, there are no guarantees. The Spurs 
won 22 times despite their best efforts this year. This is totally ridiculous. All of it is ridiculous. Don't have a stupid lottery that's weighted then. You know what? Put all the teams that didn't make the playoffs in the lottery. They all have an equal chance. You get rid of tanking right away. Not a bad point. All it's right. not funny. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Stupid. It's the whole thing. The whole concept is stupid of tanking. It just, uh, all right, we're going to put out the worst team so we can try to win, but we're not really winning. We're going to, we want to lose. I mean, come on. So yesterday, Schwartz tweeted, mm. I, I even hesitate to talk about this, but it's coming up in soundcheck next hour, so I need to preface what we're going to be talking about because this became kind of a big deal internally yesterday, okay? It's a big deal in sports. It made our topic list last night. <laughs> so ESPN put out a clip yesterday on Twitter, okay? I, I'm on Twitter or Facebook right now. Of... Adrian Wojnarowski, who is the single most notable basketball reporter on earth. And his quote was that Victor Wembenyama is the quote, most highly anticipated player to ever enter the NBA. Maybe the greatest prospect in the history of team sports. Now that's overboard. That's overboard because while certainly Wembenyama has been on NBA scouts' radars for two to three years, the last year, two years, drumbeat of who's going to get him has, for basketball circles, for bad team circles, has been there. He does not have the same cachet in this country that LeBron did coming into the mm-hmm. league. So that I think that Woj was off there. However... Certainly, if you're a basketball fan, and certainly if you are just kind of like casually aware of the lottery and what was happening this year, the Wembenyama storyline was a huge one. It was impossible to ignore. Generational talent, teams potentially tanking, as we were just talking about, to try to get him. Schwartz retweets this tweet from ESPN, the quote from Woj Narowski, and says, I had to look up who this guy is. Never heard of him until just now. The Victor guy. I mean, not Woj. Thanks, Schwartz. We want a clarification. That <laughs> it wasn't Adrian woj you never, never heard of. <laughs> Which was also on the table. Now, I want you as an audience to, what do they say, when, recuse yourself. I want you to recuse yourself of whether you know who Victor Wembenyama is or not. There is a distinct possibility you had never heard of him until yesterday either. Because if you're a fan of a team that wasn't in the lottery or you pay attention to college basketball here in the States, it's possible you hadn't heard of Victor Wembenyama. But it's not your job. It's not your job to know these things, to be tapped in, to talk intelligently about these things. And it is Schwartz's job (laughs) to do an update that, you know, would... Would today certainly be one of the top two stories? Game one of the Western Conference Finals and who won the lottery? That would absolutely be your lead or you were terribly off on your job. Do Now, Gelb got on him on Twitter, as did I, but I want to canvas the panel here. Do we appreciate that Schwartz was honest about this or it's okay if he didn't know it, just don't say it? Bingo. He should know it, but it's okay 
to not know it, the idea that you tweet it in almost like a bragging fashion, like a knock on Woj that I've never even heard of him, it's just read the room. And it's Schwartz is very guilty of this often. He needs to chime in on anything and everything, and it comes back to haunt them here. Sometimes you could sit a play out. <laughs> sit a play out. What's up, Kettle? <laughs> well, I'll maybe a lesson it. that Mraz has learned the hard way. But, no, he's a guy that will always pump out the next uh, Major League Lacrosse game he's doing, and now all of a sudden we're going we're gonna, to uh, diminish the NBA and, what, and their prospects. Sit the play out. And I, I don't want to hear from you. If you have nothing to say, don't say it. All right? Uh, enough. Especially from this guy who always is talking about the things that we care about the least. Fair take. Yeah. I, I've done this tweet oftentimes like around like the Grammys because I'm so out of touch with real music. I'm like, should I know who this person is? Right. There's a difference. And then people yell at me. like, But like, so they, they just never work. The construction of this tweet never works. Because you always look bad. And Schwartz looks ridiculous here. He just does. Because for a guy who lives on Twitter and lives on social media and works here, I don't know how you could have gotten to yesterday without passing knowledge of Victor Webinama. <laughs> That's not the first time Woe just tweeted about him. He's been on the front page of ESPN.com since the weekend prepping for the draft lottery last night. He's been on NBA TV. He's been on ESPN in the afternoons. Like, it's just, it's not possible that Schwartz has missed. And his name is not Joe Johnson. You could have missed. Like, his name even grabs your attention. I just, I don't get it. I just, Schwartz couldn't possibly have looked. There's no saving grace. There's no silver lining. There's no escape hatch. He looked ridiculous with this with this tweet yesterday. I agree, you know, and I like Schwartz, and I've defended Schwartz in the past, but this was a case where his ego got the best of him because he proudly doesn't like the NBA. He loves the NHL. He loves his niche sports like lacrosse and long snapping and whatever. So... <laughs> Like that's a sport. <laughs> I mean, God forbid somebody last week went, who's Connor Bedard? He would have had a he would have had a hissy fit. So he proudly, defiantly, I don't pay attention to the NBA, what have you. And in this case, as Mraz said, it came back to bite him. Because it's one thing to be like, I'm not into that sport. It doesn't have to be your favorite sport. But when you say almost like, I don't even know who this guy is because it's so unimportant. And yet you realize soon after your dopey tweet, it's really important to a <laughs> lot of people that you should be serving. That's the problem. And if he was just the Islanders beat reporter, it would be fine. Who cares if he knows who Wembenyama is if it, all he's doing is reporting on UBS Arena comings and goings. Or just going there for the free popcorn, but okay. But if you're going to work at this network, you're contractually obliged to take some interest in the biggest story in one of the biggest sports. And it was even like, who was the, the number one pick in the NHL? I don't know who that is. This year will be Connor Bedard. That's the Connor Bedard yeah. that you just mentioned, right. right? So had we gotten to the NHL lottery, and I didn't know this, I didn't know it, honestly, but I certainly wouldn't have tweeted it like, why would I even care about this? I mean, like, you know, you have to also read the room of what you're supposed to know and when you're supposed to know it. Right. And even, like, looking at a mock draft last night, once the order was set up, 
you get to pick six or seven, and there are names that played in college basketball that I'm unfamiliar with. The one name you needed to know about this draft <laughs> is Victor Webanyama, and Schwartz went, huh? Well, forget, huh? It wasn't like it was a pop quiz and he didn't know. It was proudly declaring, I don't even know who this guy is. Right. I, if he quotes This guy can't be that important. That what was a the bum. Thing. If he quote tweets Woj and goes, I think Woj needs to calm down here. I bet you there's plenty of sports fans who never even heard of the guy yet. Like, that's like a different kind of tweet. To pump your chest, I'd be like, I, I like he's the bearable <laughs> sports. I had to look up right. who he is. So he's the barometer. Something. If he knows it, then it's good. If he New doesn't York, know it, it's Major League Lacrosse. New York Lizards of Major League Lacrosse. New York Lizards of Major League Lacrosse. Never heard of this guy. He played a Daniel Murphy minor league home run call <laughs> on WFAN. I was trying to forget about that. And he's scolding Woj for Web, Web and Yama gloating. Should be noted, we have a Twitch viewer named Brian Loves Chloe who asks, who the hell is Schwartz? Oh, so we're getting new viewers every day. Well, is that a who the hell is this guy to be talking about this? Or is it, oh, I man, don't know who this person is. I interpret it as, unless I'm wrong, because I haven't seen this handle a bunch, who is this person? So okay. it just shows you there is that new kid every day coming into the show. <laughs> Got to update him. <laughs> DA, do you like Dairy Queen? <laughs> there you go. There, DA, there do you, you like gummy bears? So we, we've got audio of this coming up in Soundcheck next hour because... I think Geld took a blowtorch to Schwartz last night on this. Takia. <laughs> At the moment, though, we have headlines with Andrew Bogish. DA, the Joker, played it straight last night. Started the Western Ooh. Conference Finals with eight points, 12 boards, and five assists in the first quarter. Nikola Jokic finishing with 34, 21, and 14. His sixth triple-double of this postseason, the 12th of his career. His Nuggets held off the Lakers, 132-126. But... Did L.A. find its Batman in the second half? Rui Hachimura guarded Jokic, letting Anthony Davis protect the rim, and it seemed to work for Darvin Ham. Have A is that big, long arm just ready to contest over the top of Rui. And so uh, it was good for us in some segments. And, you know, we were able to, after a tough first half, giving up 72 points, claw our way back into it. The Lakers were down 21 in the third, but got as close as three with three minutes left. Game two's in Denver tomorrow night, while the Celtics and Heat begin their East finale tonight in Boston. John Morant issued a statement last night, shortly after Adam Silver told ESPN that he was shocked to see another video of Morant playing with another gun. Morant apologized to those he let down, acknowledging that words mean little right now, but he is still working to improve himself. And as we've been just discussing, Victor Webanyama is headed to San Antonio. The Spurs won last night's draft lottery, so they can pick the best prospect since LeBron uh, next month. The Hornets and Blazers complete the top three. Then the Rockets and Pistons, those two on the Spurs, had equal odds for number one entering last night. Justin Verlander made his Mets home debut last night against the Rays. And the one who delivery is lifted way up to the air down the left field line to the corner. Gone of its fair to the pole. And fair ball. Home run for Isak Paredes. He's got a second of the night, and the Rays now lead 6-0. That's from Rays Radio. Isak Paredes taking Verlander deep twice. Verlander booed after allowing six runs on eight hits over five. I understand the fans are frustrated. I'm, uh, we're frustrated, too. I, I, everybody's frustrated. Um, we expect to be better. I expect to be better. I think this entire organization expects to be better. Uh, the Rays not getting booed. They won last night 
I believe they have 320 wins here on May 17th. (laughs) Best team ever. (laughs) Nolan Arenado homered for a fifth consecutive game, but his Cardinals lost to the Brewers 3-2. The Phillies on a three-game skid after a 4-3 loss in San Francisco. The Rangers down the Braves 7-4, and the Tigers blanked the Pirates 4-zip. Remember that good start for Pittsburgh? They now have dropped 12 of 14. They've scored just 22 runs in those 14 games. And Las Vegas Aces head coach Becky Hammond gets a two-game suspension for inappropriate remarks made to former player Dierica Hamby about Hamby's pregnancy. The team docked his 2025 first-round pick for offering Hamby impermissible benefits during contract talks. The Players Association says the penalties are insufficient, partly because they hurt a future player who now cannot be picked in that 2025 first round. Uh, And now we're getting stunned, huh? It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. This was a popular submission, so thanks to all those that sent it over. Uh, Tell me you're drunk driving without telling me you're drunk driving. Uh, A man in the small town of Springfield, Colorado, was pulled over recently in suspicion of speeding. As the officer approached the car, he could see the driver moving around in the front seat, and then the man got out through the passenger door. He showed signs of being drunk immediately, ran from the cop when asked how many drinks he had had, and probably because he was drunk, the cop caught him within 20 yards. To escape this DUI charge, the man had switched spots with his dog, (laughs) putting the pooch in the driver's seat as if that (laughs) would have been okay. (laughs) And that was his story that the dog was driving? (laughs) (laughs) Blame Fido. Take him away. He's got no license. Try to tell him. I said, <laughs> the dog likes tanking too. It's a stupid dog. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right in jail. I told Bowser, your license has expired. Your paws don't reach the gas pedal. And you got to try to win every game. <laughs> he wouldn't listen to me, officer. He your just fans was, are pissed. He was not listening to me. I said that lack of thumbs was going to be a problem on the blinkers. By the way, I think Bogus might be in a lazy stunt to a news group. As soon as I get to the bottom of the story, it says, More to read. Bear in tree holds Michigan City in suspense for hours on Mother's Day. And Chonkasaurus, plump Chicago yeah. snapping turtle, captured on video. That's been all this week. That's, yeah. What are you just on the same web click and what's yeah, next? The Associated week? Press oddities page where I get 95% <laughs> of these things. <laughs> big animal week. It was a big animal week. So... Obviously, drinking and driving is not funny, not something to joke about. But in this case, thankfully, nobody is hurt. He gets 20 yards. He (laughs) runs 20 yards, and the cop catches him. I mean, that's brutal. That's really... I mean, if you're that inebriated, you probably can't run that quick. Are you trying so to say he's... I need the dashboard cam on this, yeah. or I need the body cam. <laughs> or the cops a former corner, great closing speed. <laughs> well, and how many zigzags did it take him to go the 20 yards? You know, it might have been really like 70 total yards. And in a circle, right. run yeah. backwards. It, right. It's like when they, they, they geo-track Michael Vick running around <laughs> the field. And they're like, yeah, it was a 13-yard game, but he ran like 67 yards to get there. I would love to see 
man, the the body cam on this just would have been amazing. Like you see a guy <laughs> pull over on the side of the road, crawl into the passenger seat, push his dog into the driver's seat. <laughs> fall out of the passenger seat and then run 20 yards stumbling and drunk before he's tackled by the cop <laughs> and then say it was the dog who was driving oh it's horrible <laughs> hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. Remember, you can always listen to the show in podcast form. The full four hours are the best of the show. Available, just search The DA Show on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. We begin with a Jamar Chase, Bengals wide receiver on Joe Burrow at minicamp. Yeah, like UFC punches, fly kicks, and and punches. You don't watch UFC? I do, but what is he Yeah, he does this. This is normal. He does it to everybody. You don't see this in the locker room? He fly knee kicks on me sometimes. Like, he do it all the time. Joe Burrow is walking around the practice facility practicing UFC MMA moves on Jamar Chase and his teammates. Let's hope that it's not at full speed or full strength. <laughs> I don't want to see Joe Burrow take down some type of grappling hold, throat punch, Jamar Chase. That would get annoying. I don't care that he's the quarterback. I'm getting chopped in the back of the knee again. All right, Joe, we get it. I would get annoyed after a while. Yeah, the guy that's a little too physical with you? Yeah. It's, you know, it's like a pat on the butt guy all the time. You know? All right, we get it. Enough. Rub your shoulders, guy. But you're a little uncomfortable with anybody around your butt because you're not proud of your butt. Well, hold on. I wouldn't say I'm not proud of my butt. Hold on. I would say I'm alarmed at my butt or frustrated that the rest of my body doesn't look like my butt. Because conventional wisdom says I should have a big fat ass, and I really don't. Because the rest of me is chunky. That is where I've lost the most weight. I think my butt getting big. Right, and so 
because you're disappointed in your skinny flat butt, you Inferred. probably don't want people pinching it or slapping it. I, I don't mind that. I would just... Yeah, I, I think I, I don't mind people patting my butt. No, I'm okay with it. You want to you wanna give me a little spank on the hiney? I'm probably fine with it. Okay, so you would want Joe Burrow then to do that. Right, but I wouldn't want him to do it every day. You okay. know, every once in a while, a good, little good luck tap, I think, is nice. Every day? Yeah, enough. Hockey's a real stick-tap type of sport. You tap a guy on his stick with your stick. Yeah. You tap a guy on the shoulder. You tap a guy in the gloves. Tap a, tap a guy in the head. Hey, nice job. Yeah. You were obviously an elite deck hockey player. Were sure. you a were you a stick tapper guy? Uh yeah, I mean usually on the shin guards. Shin I, guards. I yeah, I'd go for two taps, boom, boom. You know, that kind of deal. Uh that would be like the good luck and warm-ups along the line. I was big on tapping the shin guards for sure. And when you play deck hockey, do you play it just with your sneakers? Yeah, picture everything that exists with hockey, except it's nonstop running, so it's a lot more difficult because you're just doing wind sprints the whole time. It's more difficult than yeah. being on ice. Yeah, because you could glide. You could take kind of, you know, half shifts off. There's no shifts off. It is boom, 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 running, sprinting. Obviously, I was a physical freak at that point. Physical freak. Well, for me, yeah. I mean, that was a lot of, I mean, every every other day, it was a lot of running. Round, firm, rumpus. Wh- whose game was yours most similar to? Uh, at the time, a Matthew Barnaby. Okay. Uh, I was a scoring touch, but agitator, uh, stick up for, you know, some of the big stars on the team. So I, I played to my strengths. You know, I was looked at as kind of a bigger guy, so a little bit of an enforcer, but I had the magic touch with my stick. And who were the bigger who were the bigger stars on the team? Uh, at the time, um, well, geez, our big centerman was Kevin Chamberlain. He actually lost his life last year, but he was great. Uh, really elite. Matt Leo had a little bit of a Sidney Crosby in him. Um, he was excellent as well. And, you know, you go down the line, there were some other good players. A couple of buddies I'm still friends with, the Rollins brothers. They were twins. One's better than the other, but you can't tell the other that's not as good. But those were the kind of guys you looked out for. If they got roughed up in the corner, you had to come over big elbow okay. into the boards. Okay, I like that. Yeah, agitator, that makes sense. And what was the – yeah, that's right. Perfect description for Moraz. And what was the team name? Uh, I played for three teams, the Red Wings, the Blackhawks, and the Penguins. Wow. They were labeled after NHL franchises. I hopped around a little bit. You know, I wore out my welcome a couple places. <laughs> Journeyman, if you yeah, will. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Here is Mets voice Gary Cohen on SNY as Justin Verlander makes his City Field debut last night and kind of implodes against the Rays, giving up a pair of home runs, a bunch of hits, and the Mets end up losing yet again. And here was Cohen on maybe nerves for Verlander. Can you have butterflies when you're 40 years old? New experience for Justin Verlander. Going to the mound at City Field for the first time as a New York Met. So, I'm not sure this is what Mraz hopes it is, which is him excuse-making for Verlander. I'm not sure. Excuse-making? No, 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 no. This is more a commentary on the Mets play-by-play voice here. Has nothing to do with Verlander himself. Okay, so you you think it's just it's this was before Verlander gave up runs. This is, right, he this takes is what them he out. Takes them out. The play-by-play voice there says, "Is it possible to have butterflies at the age of forty years old?" There are maybe eight thousand to ten thousand people in attendance. The team stinks. There's no nerves to be except for and a guy who is one Cy Youngs, won a World Series, pitched in multiple World Series. 
Why, if you're the play-by-play voice of, no offense, a franchise doesn't want anything in 30 years, do you think that that pitcher taking them out for the first time at 40 to make his home debut there, would you think there's butterflies? That is... Well, he did pitch well his first two starts on the road. This is his first home start and did not pitch well. So is it possible that Cohen was right, that there were some butterflies of pitching for the first time at home? Are you kidding me? (laughs) DA, even you can't defend this. No. Well, I'll say this. I don't know if he had butterflies. If he did, that's a joke. He should not have had butterflies. And and again, that audio you heard is before Cohen would even know that Verlander would implode last night. The man took the field to a smattering of applause because nobody's at the game. (laughs) How could you say with a straight face, is it possible to have butterflies as if this is some kind of monumental moment for Justin Verlander's career? Well, maybe. Maybe it's not monumental, but maybe he knows he's making a ton of money. The Mets are desperate for any type of good starting pitching right now. He's finally pitching at home for the first time. There's been frustration with him getting injured right off the the jump. And maybe Cohen spoke to Verlander before the game and that Verlander admitted like, hey, this is is not just my a normal start for me because there's a lot on the line because of my, you know, he feels the, the pressure. Started multiple World Series games, had to build up the courage to ask Kate Upton out, and you think in front of a bunch of Pete the bodies last night, standing online for hamburgers that that he had butterflies? I mean, could we? That's an embarrassing moment from a really good play-by-play voice. You know what this is? This is deflection. This is the morning after Judge deflection. and Herman. Let me take a shot at the Mets grasping at straws here. Again, we didn't get to him yesterday with the Judge take. But he yelled at me and taunted my kid. No. And now he's making fun of Gary Cohen <laughs> no. and the Mets broadcast. A big signature in Nobody soundcheck. Nobody was there. Stop How could it. you be nervous? <laughs> a big signature on soundcheck has been both the praise uh, a la a Bob Euchre, the laughing at a la a John Sterling, a play-by-play voices for the past few years. You cannot set up a moment like that in May for ju- it's disrespectful to Justin Verlander to even utter the words, do you think it's possible that butterflies? We're not talking about going to pitch at Wrigley for the first time either. It's City Field. It's a glorified restaurant with a baseball diamond. <laughs> oh, Another wow. shot at the Mets. There it is. Yeah, wow, that's, totally that's take, low. Totally it's takes a, away his argument. That's a better ballpark than Yankee Stadium. It's fine. It's a nice place. I, but the point is you don't get butterflies. I don't get no, butterflies. Verlander should not have had butterflies yeah, last night. It's a night. joke. It's a joke for a play-by-play announcer to suggest that. The fact that you guys aren't slamming the table goes, this is an embarrassing moment in broadcasting history oh, from a broadcaster on. sitting over there is, is tough. And it's a guy we like and respect. You got to be better than that. It's not that terrible. It's it's a comment I would have made, wouldn't have made, but it's not that terrible. I think it's just worse that Verlander might have felt pressure last night. That's a problem. He in didn't. Of, in front of 10,000 people. He, and that's the thing. Now you today can have that take. Wow, maybe he did feel butterflies. That's not fair to Justin Verlander to suggest he had butterflies. And that's why he stunk because he's 40. The Rays are awesome and the Mets stink. That's why he stunk, not because of butterflies. <laughs> Finally, yesterday, Schwartz had a regrettable tweet admitting that he had no idea who Victor Wembenyama is. Here was Zach Gelb last night. Pete's response it was even more embarrassing than the first part of the tweet. He's like, can you tell me who Gavin Adler is without looking it up? I have no clue who that is. So I looked it up, and he was the number one overall pick in the lacrosse draft this year. Pete, I know you love lacrosse because they give you a bunch of free tickets and all that stuff. We're doing a national radio show. You're a national update anchor 
for sports radio. You're not giving updates on the cross until what the the men's final four here and there. Every single show tonight, tomorrow, once we find out who the number one overall pick is, is going to be talking about Victor Wembenyama. So that's just absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? I just saw this during the break because I saw DA was crushing him. I was crushing Peter Schwartz. Peter Schwartz actually deleted the tweet. But it's like, that's got to be something that you don't admit out loud. And I, I thought it was a bad look for the network, if I'm being honest. Gel was right in all of that. Gel was right in all of that. If you're Schwartz and you don't know Victor Wembenyama and you were employed by CBS Sports Radio to be an update anchor and a personality on a network that is talking about the NBA quite a bit, and today we'll be talking about the lottery and who won the sweepstakes. And if you don't know it, that's fine. You've got to keep that to yourself. This is information you do not need to share. And you certainly don't need to be proud of it. And I tweeted at Pete last night. I said, yeah, just don't admit this. Like, this guy's really important to a lot of our listeners. He's important in San Antonio. He's important in Detroit. He's important in Houston. He's important in Portland. These are all our markets, Pete. Do not say to a bunch of our audience, I don't even know who this guy is. It does not help our credibility. It does not help our credibility to employ people who are proudly defiant in the face of the things that we need to know. So you don't know who he is. That's fine. You're a hockey fan. You're a lacrosse fan. That's fine. Don't admit it. And then he deleted the tweet. So now this ends up bringing up a whole different conversation. Did Pete do the right thing? Deleted the tweet. In most cases, I would say you can't delete the tweet. I still think he's a coward, but I think he had to delete the tweet. I think when it became apparent that he was way off and this could be career costing for him. I don't know if it's career costing. <laughs> well, or should I say credibility uh, costing. Yeah, I, I would say his career is on toast, but it's fair to question whether that tweet could financially cost Pete shifts at a part time rate here. Maybe you think twice about putting Pete on during NBA playoff games and stuff like that to read scores if he doesn't know. It it could cost him in some way, shape, or form financially. I think he had to delete it. So you think, I'll say this delicately, bosses who don't know what we say on the radio would be aware of what Schwartz said on Twitter and then now put him on an update shift? Uh, yeah, I mean, if he, it becomes a big deal where, remember now, multiple hosts on said network had now questioned him on Twitter, Zach Gelb, NDA, I think that's the moment where Schwartz cowers there. I think he cowers once DA is tweeted at him and goes, this is now a big deal. Multiple hosts have tweeted at me, and it is going to affect me in a negative way. I need to take this down. Now, the adult move would have been to, I guess, quote tweet his quote tweet and say, this is on me. I should have known who this guy is. You can't delete tweets. That's fair. I, I like Pete. I like Schwartz. But this is a case where being in your own Schwartz world killed him. And he lives in Schwartz world, which is why we always get updates about the kids and the foul balls and the Long Island Ducks highlights. The umpiring. The, the umpiring, the IHOP gift certificates. This is why we get all that. Because Schwartz, unlike or more so than almost anybody else I know, lives in his own world so much and is empowered by his Twitter followers. 
these zany, crazy Islanders fans that follow him for the Islanders stuff live in his world. And so, you know, all of these guys that follow him and that live in Levittown or live in Uniondale. Uh, or, live where, or some of our guys, like Dr. Phil Keto tweeting at him last night that he had never heard of him either. Is he a Long Islander? No, Phil Keto is just one of our guys. No, so what I'm saying yeah. is his Twitter followers, who are also Islanders fans, make him think what he thinks is important is the only thing that's important. True. Because they kind of, they they do the same thing. And what Pete doesn't get is he's got to wear two hats. It's fine if you know all about the Islanders. It's great that you love the Long Island Lizards. There are Lizards fans that go to Pete as the only media guy that knows anything about them. It's fine. It's great that there's like probably long snapper aficionados that follow Pete. <laughs> That's fine. You just have to also realize you also wear a hat of an audience that cares a lot about this guy. Yeah. And when Gelb says, or when Gelb calls him out and Schwartz counters with, well, do you know who the number one pick in the lacrosse draft is? Because I do. It's not apples to apples. It is not. Because Zach Gelb or I or any of us in this room or anybody on the network will never, ever, 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 ever talk about the Lizards beating the Brigade in the National Lacrosse League <laughs> Championship it's game. a good spot there. There's no way we're doing, like, a Nighthawks segment. But there is absolutely a guarantee that Pete will do a Wembenyama score or highlight in an update at some point in his career. It is guaranteed that if he was working today, he would have to lead with Wembenyama or game one in every update for the entire shift. So it is not apples to apples. And that's where, again, Schwartz is in Schwartz fishbowl and can't get out of it. I hate to make this like super serious and cause like a trickle-down effect, but... Peter Schwartz has been in the respect. I, I mean, I there was a time I was in school. I heard Peter Schwartz doing updates in radio in New York, and I, I'm great that I've grown to be his friend. But you know, if you're that next wave looking up to a guy like Peter Schwartz who feels like he's been around the business for a long time, this empowers you not to know Arch Manning's name, not to know Shay Gilgeous Alexander's name. If he doesn't know who uh, Victor Wembanyama is, then how could we ask those 25-something-year-olds learning the ropes and trying to come up behind Pete to have that same kind of respect for their work if, oh, it's no big deal, Schwartz doesn't even know who he is. So I'm going to get through this. There is a little bit of an example being set there that that kind of sloppy work is okay. Yeah. He brings up a good point, something that's been weighing on my mind heavily actually yeah. recently, Deanna. I haven't. I didn't want to discuss it on the air, but you're often very complimentary of me and my job here. Very much so. But when my colleagues are what Sean just laid out, like, am I just the least bad of a <laughs> motley crew? Like, this is the problem now. Like, I don't know how significant those statements are anymore because what's the competition? <laughs> well, I, I think you're elite at what you do and would be on any network no matter who you were compared to. Jack might be better, but that's it. But I do... <laughs> it's got potential. I, High ceiling. I do think that this is indicative of a network getting sloppy. I think this is a dynasty that's eroding. I think this is... I think this is the Cowboys losing to the Panthers in 96. I think this is the, the Patriots losing to the Titans in the wild card round. 
We can't have guys on the air that pronounce Arch Manning, one of the biggest prospects ever, as Ark. We got to know Shea Jill Gis Alexander. Kai Gilgis. Kai Gordon is okay. Gilgis. Chris Douglas Porzingis. <laughs> and we got to know Victor Wembanyama. And if we don't, we don't read him in updates, nor do we admit it on Twitter. Just don't say anything. You know, just don't say it. Hide the negatives, accentuate the positives. This is the best advice. It's like, what do they say about, if, if you don't know what's going on in class, there's no dumb questions, just stay quiet. That's not right. how it works in our business. Go to the stay, bathroom. If you don't know, stay quiet. Or we're still in the entertainment business. If you make a mistake or don't know something, you have to own it in a funny way. Not, oh, I'm going to delete this quick because, or, well, well, they pronounce it ARC in half the countries here or whatever, you know? Or they edited my audio. Right, exactly. That's They're, part of the business. Can I make excuses? I, honestly, let's be honest. That's part of the business. This all changed the moment people stopped saying I was a locker room leader. You guys, oh, he's no locker room leader. The moment I stopped being a locker room leader, guess what happened? Here we go. We got sloppy around here. So when did you stop being a locker room leader? When everybody stopped saying I was a leader. When, when did you guys you went start? out there? How many times did you guys go out there? You guys consider him as a leader? I don't consider him my leader. It's funny. Everybody Who? stopped considering me a leader. The place went downhill. I'll tell you this right now, Mraz. If you could clean up the newsroom with tape cutting for highlights and for our update anchors knowing what they're talking about, I I would I would go to bat. For you to go get a raise and give you a new title, I want you to be a locker Another room leader. Another title? Falling up? I mean, what are you doing? Well, if he here? does more work, well, we need full. that. Yeah. Gotta do more work. It's climbing up. I won't, but it's nice to know the incentives there. <laughs> He's not doing more work. What would you say to Pete today if he was in the newsroom? To, to if you were Pete, a locker room leader, Pete, listen, think before you tweet. The most basic thing: think before you tweet. Do your do yourself a favor. Who has more credibility, you or Adrian Wojnarowski? Did Adrian Wojnarowski call him one of the best prospects or the best prospect come out? Maybe look him up before you tweet that you never heard of him because it's embarrassing for us as a network to keep putting you on the air and you keep putting out the CBS Sports Radio logo on Twitter every time you do an update and you're basically trying to compare him to Galvin Lutz or whoever the heck the lacrosse player was <laughs> that he said. That's a good message. That is a good message. Leader. That is a locker room leader's message. Yeah. Captain C doesn't come with a hard hat, you know? <laughs> I'd send them home. <laughs> You'd send him home. Send That's him Pete's home. answer for everything. Go home. That's Pete's answer. And then you'd complain about having to fill that shift at the no, last minute. I would not. Look, I, I would if I'm doing that, doing that part of the of the schedule. I don't do the anchor part of it. But if I'm doing that, I'm looking at it like, hey, is this for everything? You know, like you you have to you have to question it. You do. Well, Merez is right. I mean, you'd start questioning whether you want him around NBA playoff time because then you'd just yeah. be like, wow, if you don't know that, then what else don't you know about the league? Yeah, exactly. And if I was everybody that worked alongside him in that same role, I'd say to myself, boy, the sloppier he gets, the more, the worse it looks for, like, my job. And, like, we don't need – if we mm. don't need Schwartz reading that, then it looks bad for me keeping a job, you know? Yeah. I know. It was a bad, it was a bad thing all around last night. Look to Bogus. He's the leader there in that room. Him and Jack. <laughs> Could be like captain of last year's Blackhawks team, but it's still. Jack actually looks to me for leadership, and look where we are now. <laughs> Give you a honk and a wave. That's actually a good point. Pete, send me home. Well, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, suddenly Jack looks a lot better after Schwartz's night last yeah. night. You know what? I'm fill in next week. Bogus, I'm Jack Stern. I'm actually off on Friday, but I think Custard is already in, unfortunately. <sighs> Do it the week Caserta and Boyle are loving this. 
no one knows what analytics is. They think it's like a bunch of nerds doing math, which I don't know, maybe that's what it is. It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. Okay, today's poll question is, if you worked in sports media last night, should you have heard of Victor Wembenyama before yesterday? As you might imagine, most of you said, yes, because this happened yesterday when our very own Peter Schwartz admitted on Twitter that before Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted about it, he had never heard of Wimbayama, one of the biggest, most impactful prospects we've seen in years. 90% of you said Pete should have known. 90. And I think that's one of our largest spreads ever with our poll questions of the day. To recap, Schwartz once went to the vet after cutting himself on a fence before the company holiday party. Also, this past year at his Super Bowl party, Schwartz reheated barbecue food and reserved it to his family. (laughs) And the tweet before Schwartz's controversial comment talked about Aaron Rodgers' jersey sales. Meanwhile, Schwartz is openly admitted to possibly buying an Elijah Moore jersey and changing the name on it to Rodgers. Jeez. That is your advanced analytics. Is this true? He has said that he would buy an Elijah Moore jersey and change it rather than just buying an Aaron Rodgers jersey. I actually think he might have done it already. Well, he didn't say rather than. That was implied, but he did tweet at the time when he said, oh, now I can get find an Elijah Moore jersey discounted and change the name to Rodgers. He might have done it, to be honest. I gotta go. For, there might be a picture out there, too. And yeah. how do you do this? Well, I know there is a local place on Long Island not far from me or Schwartz that will like physically remove the stitching even from a replica jersey of that nameplate, take it off, and they will put a new nameplate on, but it will not be an exact match. It will be so obviously. And will that cost less than just buying a new jersey? It will probably cost you about 20 bucks. Oh. Okay. So a new jersey is 100 bucks, something like that. So it is cost-efficient, but it will not be like they got the perfect Rodgers nameplate from the Jets to put on there. It's going to look like a kid's jersey for baseball is put on a Jet jersey. <laughs> That's just horrible. Let's go back to something that Merez used as some life advice for Schwartz. He said if he was in the the newsroom today and Merez was bestowed the title of locker room leader, he would say, Schwartz, think before you tweet. And I think that's another example here, Schwartz. Do you really want people knowing that you would prefer to change an Elijah Moore jersey instead of just buy a new Aaron Rodgers jersey? Do you think that that would be something you'd want people to know that you'd prefer doing? Not Apparently not. But then again, if he got called out on it, he'd backpedal like he did last week with me and Bogues. Last week, he also backpedaled? Well, he backpedaled on. He came on the air and talked about how he's owed free tickets by Boomer and Joe Douglas and then went on and on and on about his kid getting screwed in a charity game, and it really came back to bite him. He <laughs> is on icy terms with a lot of people around here right now. He's backing up. He's playing defense. The palpable electricity Schwartz once had upon returning from the Shep incident has become, whew, He we may not see him walk the halls for a while. <laughs> What did we decide on the epic fail this morning? I think perhaps the moment of the week to date, you and Pete arguing loudly about tanking. I 
I agree with tanking. Pete hates it. Here it is, your epic fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Was it better for the Spurs to try to win 38 games and be a 11 seed for the play-in or a 10 seed for the play-in, or was it better for them to lose 60 and get Victor Wembanyama, who's going to be a stud for 15 years? But I mean, it's I, clearly better for them to have done this. I think it's a bad message to the fans, and why, then you shouldn't take any tickets. Pretty sick. You shouldn't let any fan come into the building because you, you're basically saying we're going to lose, but, but buy our stuff anyway. You got to everything. Got to your heart. You got to everything right. I, I think it's a that's a disservice business-wise to your to your family. I'll base. tell you this. I saw a watch party video last night in San Antonio. Yeah. There's about a thousand people at this bar, and when the lottery pick comes up that they got number one, they explode. They pop champagne. You're going to tell me that those fans wanted they would have preferred to see a 10 seed in the play-in game. They, they would have preferred to be in the playoffs. Stop. But I will say Pete, this. I will say Pete, this. Stop it. No hope. No hope ever. You think those thousand people that popped champagne last night would have rather well, been look, beaten by the Pelicans in the playing game? Stop it. They were a, a chance, to, chance to win the title. Oh, come on, Pete. Stop it. Is it uh, stop it. That's on. the dumbest thing ever. That's not the dumbest thing ever. Call the Farallon Volunteer Fire Department. He is on fire. A thousand people last night got a generational talent that could have been LeBron. It could have been Tim Duncan. You're, and you're telling me they would have preferred to have lost to the Pelicans in the playing game. They would have preferred to be in the playoffs. Stop but it. I will say this. I will say this. Pete, stop it. I would prefer to be in the playoffs. But they're coming off three straight years where they right. tried to actually Enjoy not tank. Enjoy your tanking. Well, but they did. They, they did. You right. just saw. They did. A thousand people did. Stop but I will say Pete, this. I will say this. Pete, stop it. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. That's a good one. That was a good knockdown drag out. It's all good in the hood around here on the DA show. Did you know that I got my estimate back on my car that the piece from the dump truck in front of me smashed my side mirror? I brought it into the shop, and they said, okay, we're going to get it in today. They took it in yesterday, and they started on the the, the work, and it's going to be like two or three weeks to, to get it done. I guess they got the parts in. It's probably not that much labor, but they got to wait for the parts to come in. And I told the rental car guy, I said, yeah, when I was on the phone deciding which collision place to go to, the first place said, you, you got to get here now to get the estimate done, but we can't get to the car until August. And I said, that seemed insane to me. And he said, yeah, well, collision places do that because if you get the estimate done and you get like a replacement mirror done that's not it's just temporary you got to stick with them the entire time so they know they pressure you to get in there right away so that then you're locked into them and that now they have you for good so it it's it was a good lesson if you ever have to deal with insurance companies and collision places do your research call around don't get the you have to come in right now you have to get coming right now because that's not true and they'll pressure you even if they're going to screw you which they would have done to me wow mm. did you know that's like the sports and that's how we end. that's our did you know that's right thanks to sean Moraz, executive producer thanks to pete the body Bilotti on the wheels of steel and audio director tanking sucks thanks to andrew bogus on your headlines and andrew kaplan the wizard of watch da we're taping the pgp after the show today so look for that this afternoon i'm da and the mothership disconnects 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.